Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Welcome to the Gardening Canada podcast, where we like to take science and apply it to all things plants. Today's podcast, we are going to be talking about how to shut down the garden. Hello, and welcome to season two of the Gardening in Canada podcast. I'm your host, Ashley. I took a little bit of a break. Let's just say between YouTube, the website, you name it, things got busy this summer. So, I took a little bit of relaxation and now we're back. Mostly because it started blizzarding outside, so I'm I officially am going into hibernation and indoors is the place I will reside now for probably the next 8 months. But all joking aside, this means we can start talking about things like shutting down the garden because I know many of you around the world who do not live in Saskatchewan or Alberta are still enjoying sunshine. Rumor has it that Quebec and Ontario is still in plus 20 temperatures. I'm jealous. I'm officially moving. But that means you do still have some time to clean up your garden. So we're going to go over the two different ways that you could technically do this. The one you choose is going to kind of depend on what look you like, what benefits you want to see, that sort of thing. Um, But ultimately, neither choice is the wrong choice. And both of them I've done in the past and I'm doing this year. So the first one is actually leaving everything in place. Now, some people really don't like this because it can look a little bit dirty or trashy, if you will. And it simply involves leaving all the stems, roots, shoots all in place. Now, there's several different benefits to this. One of the big ones um, that we often see on Instagram and kind of all over the place is that it supports a home for the macro fauna. And this is true. Macrofauna does like to overwinter in debris, whether that be debris leaves that are on your your soil or on your lawn or in standing tall and upright tomato plants still inside their cage. There will be some bugs in there. These macrofauna, as we like to call them, don't do particularly well if we stick them in a hot compost. So if you don't like the look of necessarily leaving everything in place, Don't worry, you're not going to hurt the macrofauna by just raking them up and putting it in a pile. Now, obviously, you don't want to bag those leaves. You want to leave them exposed. You just want to keep them out of heat. Um, So this could come in the the form of a leaf bin, which is kind of like a graded bin. I have one. I'm sure I've shown it on YouTube, if not Instagram, for sure, several times. Um, It's got four sides. It looks kind of like a dog, outdoor dog kennel type looking thing. Um, And you can put your leaves in there. It allows the critters to come and go as they please. If they do um, come to life in the spring, then it gives them refuge where they're protected, uh, but not composted or into a bag. So that is one option if you don't want to leave everything in place. But what we often don't talk about when it comes to leaving things in place is the benefits of this outside of those beneficial macrofauna staying in uh, or making that area a home. So 
um, besides the the ladybugs and the bees and all that sort of stuff, we also see benefit for snow capture. This is true for places that get snow. So when we leave a tomato plant standing tall and proud or a cucumber vine standing, you know, lacing all over the soil, it ends as a snow catch or it, it acts like a snow catch. And it means that blowing snow or falling snow is able to land on the plant, kind of get tangled up in the leaves, the roots, the shoots, and fall in place. This can actually, if you're going through a drought or you need to work on water retention, or you simply just want to lessen that water bill in the spring, faster germination rates for your seeds, all that fun stuff, leaving those plants in place is going to be hugely beneficial for snow capture. Now, if you've already removed the plants and you're thinking, dang it, I should have left those in place. You can use other things for snow capture. You can use snow fences or just put those tomato cages in place. Throw some burlap over them um, or whatever. I mean, it could be a bed sheet. Um, and that will, it, on its own, just act as a, a really great snow capture. So you could give that a choice or um, a chance to. One thing I will say is leaving plants in their position, besides the snow capture, um, I do find for me anyways, it helps keep my dogs uh, out of the garden. So if it's going to help keep kids out of the garden, that's not a bad thing either. One thing with wet soil in the spring, I will say this till I'm blue in the face, wet soil, I don't care if it's sand, clay, loam, no-till, till, it gets compacted if you walk on it. You never, ever, ever want to walk on wet soil. This goes for your garden, your perennial beds, your vegetable gardens that you're going to seed, you name it. You do not want to walk on wet soil. So having something, a barrier to entry in the garden or a not so fun looking place such as uh, plants or pokey things sticking out, this may be a chance for you to curb some foot traffic on that area, which can ultimately compact and harm the soil porosity. And soil porosity is key. I mean, we've talked about it before, and soil porosity is um, important for allowing oxygen in, and oxygen feeds the microbes, the macrofauna, and the roots to help with just nutrient cycling and that sort of thing. But the other thing with the roots um, and the soil porosity is it allows for the roots to actually penetrate with ease some of that soil profile and actually aggregate it and break through it over time. So leaving those in place is uh, never ever a bad thing. Now, for some of us, we have maybe a front yard garden or the backyard we entertain in the winter. I could see many reasons for why you wouldn't want to leave leaves on the lawn or leaves on the garden. Um, and most of us do curb appeal. I get that. And so you may want to remove them. And for me, I don't have the guts to stand my ground and leave my plants upright and in the planters for the winter in the front yard because I get a little bit nervous about maybe some angry neighbors. So I do actually remove the plants um, from the front. What I will say though is when I do remove those plants is I cut them off at the base. This is important. I leave the roots in place. This allows again for that soil porosity to form without damaging. If we yank a plant out, we are disrupting all the work we did all summer trying to work our way into that soil. 
if we cut it off at the base, remove the upper foliage, and leave the old foliage in place, we end up with some pretty major benefits, um, some of which include aeration once those roots actually decay. In the meantime, before the roots decay and leave their tunnels behind, um, they are food for macrofauna, and macrofauna produces waste, which feeds microfauna, and it's just a nice little ecosystem in your soil system. So when we actually remove or tug, we're doing, you know, not necessarily damage, but we're setting ourselves back, um, especially if we're in a no-till situation. If you normally till, and again, I really don't care what method of gardening you use all of them work I'm um, I like all of them I think all of them are applicable in different situations but if you choose to till then yeah sure give me a yank it's not going to make a difference but if you're doing a no-till or a low-till uh, setup maybe you're using um, some of the devices I showed over on the YouTube channel or like the pitchfork and lift method or a double dig method, you may want to leave those in place because it ultimately, um, all the aggregates could have, you know, micropores in there caused by the roots, which you'll see some great benefits too. So that is something to uh, ultimately keep in mind. Now, when it comes to choosing uh, fertilizers and that sort of thing, you can use your, your artificials and your synthetics um, or your organics in the fall. What we call this is a split application. Now, a split application is when we split what we normally put in the spring into half. And there isn't really any benefit to this on a gardening perspective, unless if we're doing it on large scale. If we're doing it on a large scale, it allows us to have a little bit more time in the spring where we don't have to focus as much on actually fertilizing. One thing I will say with the split application though, is that there is a number of different nutrients that are volatile, um, meaning that they aren't particularly stable in our soil and they will leach or volatilize into the atmosphere or into the water below the roots um, or the soil profile where the roots reside. And this is just, you know, nitrogen and that sort of thing. So to reduce losses, you may want to use like a nitrogen stabilizer. A slow release is always better than just straight regular nitrogen. But uh, ultimately, otherwise, you don't have to necessarily fertilize. There's no real benefit to this. I'll do a separate uh, podcast episode on watering in the fall and winter until the ground is actually frozen. This is going to be particular to trees, uh, bush, and perennial plants. But in that case, you would want to fertilize and we'll get into why that is um, in that episode. But for the cases of just a bare ground, uh, annual garden, container plots, um, raised beds, vegetable garden, that sort of thing, I don't see a need for fertilizer to be applied necessarily. And you may actually withstand more loss than good if you choose to apply in those winter months or in the fall months. The other thing is mulch. So if you lay mulch, if you watch my YouTube channel, you know I laid a ton of mulch this year. If you have disease or pest issues, flea beetles, powdery mildew, anything of that nature, you want to remove that old mulch. That old mulch is a great place for not only beneficial bugs to overwinter, but for the pests to overwinter as well. So regardless of if you're leaving the plants in place or if you're removing the plants, you want to make sure that mulch is removed if you've been having issues. If you haven't been having issues, you can leave that mulch in place. But keep in mind, you're going to hear me in the spring say, make sure you remove the old mulch and apply new stuff. Um, 
ultimately it's kind of like crop rotation. It's one of those things where you just want to do it for prevention purposes. And so because of that, you're going to likely want to remove it whenever possible. So I like to remove it, toss in the compost, um, and get it back into circulation in a different form for the garden. And at this time you would want to apply fresh mulch. So I've said remove the old mulch before, but I think I forgot a few times to say apply new mulch. You want to apply new mulch in the winter. This is very important. Winter and spring are perfect times for your topsoil to run away on you. And it will happen with such ease without any sort of mulch or covering in place. And this will happen because the water, when it melts, is going to make little trenches and it's going to take off on you. One of the ways to prevent this is to mulch the area with some fresh mulch uh, that will not have anything overwintering inside of it. The other thing is too is that mulch on a perennial plant in particular or on a tree or a shrub is going to actually help capture some heat. So I did um, an episode here on the podcast a while back talking about mulch in general, when to apply it and that sort of thing in the spring. And one thing I mentioned was the mulch's ability to hold in heat uh, in the soil or, you know, regulate the temperature of the soil. And this is true when we apply mulch in the fall. If we apply mulch in the fall before the ground actually freezes, we have an insulating effect. And this insulating effect will keep that soil a little bit warmer. So if we have bulbs or plants that are maybe a little bit winter sensitive, applying that mulch, um, removing the old stuff, allowing it to really heat up in those last few months or that those last few weeks, and then remulching it with some fresh stuff is really going to help hold in the heat which is really going to make those roots happy on some of those more sensitive perennials. But there you guys have it, the ins and outs of closing down the garden this year. You guys have to let me know how you close down your garden. Make sure to rate this podcast, give it a thumbs up, whatever you do with podcasts on whatever platform you're watching it on. I always forget to ask you guys to do that. Please do so. And I will be here back next week. Same day, same time. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said.
Done.